the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With the testimony of the healing of the leper and the centurion servant. We're given today to learn something so foundational about true intercession, true prayer, as the priesthood of all believers, how to intercede for ourselves when we, particularly in seasons of suffering and are in need of relief, and also how to intercede for others who we love, who are going through considerable suffering. Let me show you what I mean. We start with the Christ's healing of the leper. A man with leprosy comes to Jesus and worships him, meaning when he came to Jesus, he fell prostrate at his feet. He fell at his feet. And listen to this leper's words because they're beautiful and they are filled with the right faith before Christ. He said to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me cleansed. He didn't just say heal me. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse me. You can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and the pure and the all holy touched the unclean and made him clean, giving him relief. The leper was healed. Thinking about our tendencies, all of ours, mine included. I think we need to see a tendency we fall into from time to time when we're approaching Christ with our own sufferings or the sufferings of others. We tend to come to Him, almost impossible not to in our humanity, but we tend to come to Him and pray as Scripture says, seeing through a glass darkly particularly when we're suffering. We tend to pray seeing not everything. Not seeing everything certainly as our Lord does. We cannot ever see and know everything as our Lord our God is perfect with His perception and sight. So we tend to pray out of love, but out of an imperfect love compared to the perfection of the love that God is. And from very built up, very strong emotions when we're suffering and others are suffering around us. And all these things are natural, but we just see it for what it is so that we can be drawn into the greater prayer, that the Lord may shape our prayers and bring us to himself even as we pray. We tend to ask God in those prayers, to act in the way that we believe would be best for us and for others. Or how we would act on behalf of ourselves or on others who are suffering. And while God is so infinitely loving and long-suffering and patient and good and faithful to correct us and our prayers during those times, if we will have hearts to be corrected when we intercede like this. Today, let's really be stretched to look at a greater posture of prayer. The more healthy posture of intercession, both for us and for those for whom we're praying. Let's stay with the healing of the leper for a moment. I want you to hear the words of St. John Chrysostom on the leper's approach to Christ with his suffering and with his shame. 
St. John Chrysostom taught, with great fervor before Jesus' knees, the leper pleaded with him with sincere faith. He discerned who Jesus was. He did not state conditionally, if you requested of God or if you pray for me. Rather, he simply said, if you will, if you will, you can make me clean. He did not pray, Lord, cleanse me. Rather, he leads everything to the Lord and makes his own recovery dependent entirely upon him. In other words, you can hear what our prayers should be, ought to be in times of our suffering or the sufferings of others. Lord, I place myself before you. I believe that you are perfect in goodness. I believe that your goodness goes beyond my understanding, my comprehension, and my limitations, and far beyond my sufferings. Your wisdom, your love, and your perfect mercy are always beyond me. I want to be healed and relieved, or I want the one that I love to be healed and to be relieved here and now. But I fall prostrate before you, worshiping you for who you are. I fall before you and I place myself or the one for whom I'm praying. I place the one who's suffering into your perfect, your loving hands. For you are good and you will heal and show mercy in the way that your goodness and your salvation deems best. Because of your love for me. And because you love the one that I'm praying for. Far more than I will ever be capable of doing. If you will. If you will. And now I entrust this intercession to you. I leave it to your goodness. I leave it to your desire. You see? Do as you will, Lord. Now let's look at something else about intercession. Then we'll put it together. Jesus comes to Centurion approaches our Lord and says, well, the servant is paralyzed and he has suffered great Jesus says, I will come and heal of this intercession before Christ. The centurion says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will heal. The gospel, we need to know the gospel said that God himself, Jesus Christ, marveled at the faith of this man. Jesus marveled at his faith. And he said, I tell you, I've not found such faith in all of Israel. It seems to me then that it would be good for us to intercede with the faith and posture of this man. How incredible would it be? If by the Holy Spirit we grow to begin to be able to pray in such a way that Christ our God would marvel at our faith. The faith that he himself gifted us with. And what is it about the centurion's faith that caused Jesus to marvel? I want to mention two things. One is his humility before Christ. His humility from which he brought the need of his suffering servant before the Lord. When Jesus says, I will come and heal your servant, the centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. He acknowledges before Christ both who he is and who he isn't as he stands before the Lord. He acknowledges 
I'm not worthy to deserve the answer of such a request. I could never earn this intercession being granted by you, O Lord. You alone are good, not me. And so he stands before the Lord in that humility. And the second thing is this. The centurion had an absolute faith in the authority of the good one to whom he was bringing his servant for healing. He says, speak the word only, and my servant can be healed. He was a man of military authority, the scripture tells us. He even says himself, when he gives an order with that authority, that order is followed. There is no doubt that it would be followed. And the centurion's words acknowledge that Jesus held perfect authority, that by one word from his mouth to be present, you realize the faith of this man? He's stretching back. He's seeing the word of God who created everything by a word. This is what's been revealed to him somehow. And he's expressing his faith. One word from Jesus and it could be done. And we need to see Christ like this. It's not do we believe that Jesus will answer yes to our request. But it is the belief that based on his good will. Whatever he says can be done. This is the one we leave our intercessions and our sufferings before. This good God. This good God. By the way, consider this. The centurion's faith was so great that his words would be etched into the eternal liturgy of God. We, because we say it in every Mass. As we are approaching Christ, our Eucharist, that sacrament that grants us healing, wholeness, grace, and forgiveness of sins, how do we approach Him? How do we intercede as we approach Him? We bow slightly and beat our breast and say His words, Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my soul shall be healed. Great faith. Faith gifted by Christ to a leper and to a centurion. One praying for himself and another praying for another. How shall we then pray for our suffering and the sufferings of others? Let me summarize it this way. Let's speak of it as if we're praying for someone we love who's suffering. Great. First of all, I encourage you. We must begin with the liturgical prayers for the sick and the suffering. Because the liturgical prayers open our heart to the reality and truth of Christ and who he is. We always begin with the liturgical prayers. And let them help shape our heart and God reveal himself to us even as we intercede. And then, don't let this sound strange to you. It's okay to bring our humanity, the weakness of our prayer before the Lord, and allow him to massage it and steer it and correct it. In other words, when we're praying for someone we love who is suffering, do you think he doesn't know that we want them out of the suffering as soon as humanly possible? So let's not play around. We pray from our heart that is aching over the one we love who is aching. And we ask the Lord to heal. And we ask the Lord to relieve this one we love so dearly suffering. But we season that prayer with what we're talking about today. 
And I'm going to give you just a few examples. I'm throwing things out, just taking stabs at things based on what we're hearing. Lord, I desire that the one I love would be healed. But I'm giving this one I love over to you because I cannot see everything as you see it. I cannot know your mercy and fullness. I don't know your mind and your heart for the salvation of the one that I'm praying for, nor for mine. That all the things that you have in your mind that are so good and so perfect. And so I'm bringing this one to you. You know my desire. Help me know yours. So that I can pray yours. Because all of this is too far beyond me. But if you will, I know you can do anything. I place this one I love before your most capable hands. And while I'm praying to you, show me your love. Show me your mercy. Let me know your goodness. And having interceded in this way, we release those we love to him. And we're praying for ourselves and our suffering. We release ourselves over to his most loving and capable hands. And here's what our Lord does. If we approach him in this way, so lovingly, he ministers to us even when we pray. The perfection of his love, his mercy, both to those we're praying for, but he also administers it and ministers it to us that we experience. If we ask that his goodness be manifest by his will being done through all of this suffering, then even as we pray again and again for those who are suffering, all along the way, the Lord is growing our faith in his goodness and in his love and his profound mercy, no matter what the end of this happens to be. He shares his goodness with us as we pray for others. There's a man named Bart Miller. Many of you know him. From some music, he's lead singer and a songwriter for a Christian band, Mercy Me. He had a lot of suffering in his own life, being abused by his father. And through his conversion, he actually converted his father. It's an amazing story of redemption. But Bart Miller, his son was struggling for his life in a hospital. And he prayed for his son and he penned words as a prayer for his son, his son that would become a song. And I want to share them with you because I just heard them. And it struck me that what he's expressing is the faith of the leper and the centurion. Listen to these words. These were his prayers for his son struggling and fighting for his life. I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. That's faith. That's faith that only comes from knowing and trusting a good God. As C.S. Lewis would say when his wife was dying, and there was no question that she was going to die of her cancer, and he was asked by a colleague, why in the world do you keep badgering yourself praying for her when you know she's going to die? Many people know his answer. His response was, I do not pray because it changes God. I pray because it changes me. 
because I need him, is what he's saying. What is the intercession of the Christian over our suffering and the sufferings of those who we love? It is, if you will, I know you can. That I place this need into your perfect hands. Manifest your goodness and your glory as you enact your divine will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.